have can i get an fbi jacket i'll be picking, I'll be picking my Macklin FBI. i'll be you bringing my hand-me-down sweatshirt that says security dude i want a fbi security jacket. hat you remember that security hat that i used to hard, love that dude. hat that was tight anyways let's get cracking we got oh, a, yeah. a bible study yeah uh-huh. king's play at seven who they, who they play sharks come on okay, come we'll on, watch go, go, go. Ooh, we'll watch Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we have our friends Kaylise. Hello. We got Jerry. Hi. And we have Jake. Yo. And my name is Dylan. As always, we're just grateful that you guys are tuning in, listening, however you're watching, listening. We're just grateful. And we're going to be talking about kind of heartbreak, I guess kind of more uh, just relational, I feel. That's what these questions are. And so that's the first thing is just in the moment of heartbreak. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean, oh, somebody broke up with me because I, I like want to talk about the whole idea of heartbreak in both a romantic way, right? When that happens or a long-standing relationship, but also maybe when you're just dealing with the loss of something it's or like grief. Maybe. Yeah. All, all those different things. Cause the heart, you feel all these different emotions yeah. and things. And so in moments like that, how do you guys deal? How do you guys, how have you guys dealt with it or how have you walked, I guess, through that tunnel? I don't know. I mean, as far as like relationally, I don't know. I, I don't th- I'm trying to think like of a time where I was like really heartbroken. Take your time and think. I got <laughs> I got plenty. Of okay, stories. go ahead, Jerry. Because yeah, I don't think I really have like a solid like. This happened to me. Uh, I would say I have two stories. One that I I mean it was it, they're different scenarios. Um, ha- happened very close together and then I handled them differently. So I'm gonna start with the good way I handled <laughs> something. Uh, I guess I was nice. the first time, like I would say recently heartbroken. Um, it was a couple of years ago is when my grandpa passed away. Me and him were very, very close and I already had, you know, a prior heartbreak happen, which is like a pri- a week before. <laughs> so I was already doing bad. I was not doing well. Um, but it was just, it was like the first time as an adult I've had to deal with like somebody passing away that kind of grief and mm-hmm. i think through that compounding with uh my other heartbreak i experienced i actually handled it the right way i handled it uh for the first time in my life i i when something bad happened i really drew close to god and i was like you know what i'm gonna take some time and really figure this out and uh be more mature and healthy and i really just cried out to god like i felt really alone and scared even though i had friends and family i could reach out to but i felt very distant and that's kind of like my go-to when i when something bad happens i just feel like i push people away and i want to be by myself Uh and then i'm like why am i so lonely (laughs) Um, but it was good i really like drew near to god and i knew like he could be the only source of what could heal my my broken heart and a a prior heartbreak that i had that i handled in a bad way um it was relationally it was um just it's a bad sort of up and down with a, you know, in a prior relationship and things didn't work out. But at that time I had a lot of growing up to do. So anytime things would be good, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) And then every time things were bad, I was just heartbroken and you know, it was an on and off type thing. And Uh so every time it was off and I was heartbroken, I'd go out and I'd want to like hit the bars and go party with friends and stuff like that, especially my non, my non-Christian friends because they promote that behavior. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just, it was a really bad way. And it was the exact opposite of, you know, how I had done things the right way. Um, this was earlier. So I didn't draw near to God every time something bad happened. I was like, freak you, leave me alone. And that just shows you how immature I was and how, uh, how much growing up I had to do. Why, 
why in those moments is it always like all right god here i am <laughs> god i'm, all he- of a sudden, I'm heartbroken huh? yeah all of a sudden exactly it's like oh, all of a sudden huh? right. it's like i think of um my niece right now she's like in this weird stage where she just had a sister and she thinks um, like every time i just like look in her direction she starts screaming you know what i mean she's like in this weird weird time but the other night i had ice cream and i was eating it and she's being a butthead right but then i had ice cream and then it's like oh mm-hmm. all of a sudden <laughs> she was like oh you it's know like she's something you want exactly and so it's funny just I think it's the same thing for human beings. It's like, oh, our heart's broken. We don't know what to do. I'm at our, I'm at my wits end. Mm-hmm. God, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the easier thing to do. And I, I, I don't know. It's just a tangent of heartbreak. But I think in heartbreak, we do find those moments with God that are good. But it's like, how do we sustain those things? Because honestly, I think if we sustained that relationship with God, and in reading scriptures and praying and meditating on his word, I think those moments of heartbreak would immediately have a lot more clarity, you know? Yeah. Whereas, or actually go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but in that, I think it's important too, that with any grief, I mean, whether it's like you said, a relationship or the loss of somebody, or even just like closing a chapter and opening a new one, right? Like moving out of your house or any, whatever it may be. Um, I think it is important to, Although you can find clarity, it's important to feel those things, you know? And I mm. think that those feelings are meant to be felt. And I think a lot of times what we try to do is figure out ways to avoid all of those feelings. Mm. How can I avoid being sad? How can I avoid uh, regret? How can I avoid this? And um, the idea is that God would walk you through the process of mm-hmm. that. You know, it's not that God will remove you from that process. I think it's really mm-hmm. important because if you don't process those things, then you take them and you apply them everywhere everywhere else instead of putting them where they where they, where they belong um so that would be my my only thing is like make sure it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel uh you know some regret i mean i remember when i even just moving out of my parents house for the first time uh, years ago i just remember feeling like like was i a good kid <laughs> like really i was like was, or or like this is it like i looked at the lawn i remember looking at the lawn and being like I could have mowed it a couple of times, like, <laughs> but I didn't. You know, there's like a lot of things where you're like, it's it's cheesy, but it's like when you close that chapter, you're thinking like, man, okay, and you process all that. And I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing to do. Yeah, because I think um, what often happens is we do like the overcorrection, I feel, when we don't um, investigate and poke at those emotions that we have feeling and we don't really go through those. We tend to just completely overcorrect in a certain way where it's like, well, I'm never dating again, or I'm never going to trust anybody again, or um, I'm never going to this place again, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like the same thing with food poisoning. You get a bad experience. It's like, I'm never going back. And I think that's how people take it with their heart mm-hmm. and take it with heartbreak is when it happens, it's like, I can never go back to anything like this. And you tend to overcorrect mm-hmm. and take yourself on a path that was like, is all you it's all you at yeah. that point because you're going to make sure that you're going to do everything in your power to stay away from whatever this pathway is and mm-hmm. it's like there's some good things on this path so why do you know? think that's so prominent in today's day and age and meaning the specific statement is oh yeah i'm never dating this because i guarantee we all have a friend or it's kind of a meme at this point where it's like oh i 
freaking chicks are terrible and blah, blah, blah or like the typical like oh all men are trash men like, are trash men are trash that's like the go-to and I, I i poke fun and i'm not if you are in a situation i'm not trying to make fun of you but uh-huh. um why do you think it's like that why do you think that it's especially now because instead of being halfway mature me like oh you know what that really sucked and maybe you say you know what that person sucks and maybe they did mm-hmm. but saying all men are trash or all girls suck like why do you think we generalize so big on that and act like dating's this crazy terrible thing like it, it could be all done in balance right mm-hmm. yeah i th- i think a big part of it is just taking the burden off of ourselves and putting it on to come on now. other people and not taking not um accepting the consequences for our own actions or maybe even realizing i know this is true for me in past relationships i've had but realizing that there were definitely situations where i could very well have been deemed crazy (laughs) or like acted in a way (laughs) that was um just not healthy for that relationship but instead i it was easier to flip the situation and not reflect on my own actions but instead to put it on the other person be like well i can't believe you know, just generalizing, I guess, like men always do this. They never mm-hmm. listen or whatever, fit whatever generalization you have in there. But it's easier to, to put the blame on someone else instead of yourself. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's 100% true. And I think another thing to answer that would be also because we make decisions and we make uh, we react emotionally first mm-hmm. and we react based on what the emotion is. And we see that in most things in life in this generation people very quickly react with emotion and react with feelings instead of a slower paced process right. and then make come to a conclusion it's boom i'm angry bam and it's this and you just go and it's mm-hmm. like you didn't even take a minute to fully grasp why that bothered you or what is actually wrong you know mm-hmm. so on top of that i think we react emotionally too much yeah mm-hmm. and i like to sorry did oh, you no, have no, more no, to add no, on no. i like to add on especially with what Kaylise is saying is it's so crazy. I say that a lot. I need to stop saying that, but it's funny (laughs) because we all have these things where we have moments like that. Right. And you hear people talk, or even I could hear myself talk and really think back on what I've said. And it's like the common denominator in all these things that (laughs) I don't, that I don't like is me. (laughs) You know, it's, and so that even those statements, like all women suck or all men are trash, that is so much, yeah, putting the blame outside of yourself, mm-hmm. not having to take any responsibility. And it reminded me of a proverb. It's um, Proverbs eighteen seventeen, And it says, the person who states their case first seems right until the other comes in and examines them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. when you hear these stories of heartbreak, you're always hearing it from one end, right? Until maybe it goes on and on and on. And you're like, okay, this keeps happening. Like I need to realize what's really going on here. And even if you're a person who's going through that left and right, Jerry, I'm going to use you as an example. You kind of had, you kind of talked about that same example where mm-hmm. you just really had to, okay, there's something wrong in here with me Absolutely. that I need to get figured out. And I think that's much more daunting though, to actually do that than it is to just say all women suck or all men are trash. It was oh, yeah. really, really difficult to, and I had to like, I had to like read a book to get me to the point where, <laughs> to where I could realize like, hey, you need to look in. And it, I forgot what the book like, what exactly the term I used, but I think it was called like a, like a destroyer. So basically, if like, if I'm feeling hurt and I think this one thing, and then Jake's like, 
you know what? Maybe it has something to do with you. I'm not going to keep Jake around in my circle at this point. I'm only going to keep people who tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. And everything in my life, I'm going to destroy it because guess what? I'm the victim. I'm the one that's innocent. And it's just you justify your own actions. Uh-huh. You justify. And even how Kaylee said, like, I know we're not like saying like people are crazy, but like there were situations where I remember my very first relationship. I was like, and that chick was crazy. And then going back, <laughs> looking at the one where, you know, it was bad. But I looked at myself. I'm like, dude, I did some crazy things, too. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, dang, I, I really needed to I needed to grow up. And then after it took a while to finally go, okay, I was messed up in this way. Like, mm-hmm. I did not do the right thing here. Mm-hmm. I was immature. I could have been better. So, yeah, it is hard. And it's a tough pill to swallow to go. You got some stuff in your heart you got to work on, bro. Like, there's something in there that you need to get figured out. There is never, ever an innocent person in the game of two. Nope. Ever. Takes two to tango. Yes, there's... Like, one could argue that somebody was worse than the other, Mm -hmm. I guess, maybe. But even then, it's, well, what could I have done better? And it's it's funny. I have this thought now because you're asking, why is it so prevalent in our culture or whatever? Um, we're all about our co- our culture on social media is like, what can you be better at? Be a better person mm-hmm. in this way. Be a better you. Do this, and then it comes to a relationship. It's like, nah, that chick was crazy. <laughs> it wasn't, and it's it's. I had that thought right now, and it kind of like weirds me out because I think as people, as human beings, and I think as a ploy of just Satan in general, is like, yeah, you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're good where you're at. Like you're a hundred percent. It's the same thing in even the garden, whereas he basically created uh, that separation between uh, humans and God by saying you're okay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need God. Like you could be God. You're good. And I think that same thing kind of comes into play in relate and like think about it. Jesus Christ came to build a relationship with us to form that to die for each and every one of our sins, so that way we could have eternal life and live in communion with God for all of eternity. And so relationship in general is very important. And here in our relationships, if the devil has us saying, you're good, everybody mm-hmm. else is crazy. All it is is adding more and more walls to the people around you. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And Kaylee's might understand this as well. It's like when you get married, it's very easy to think like, like, uh, no, you don't, you don't need to be a better husband. It's like, they were acting up. It's like, wait for them to apologize. It's like, that was not your fault. You don't need to be a better father. Your kid's just a brat. It's like, he's six months old. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, but there is like these, these times where you have to stop and be like, okay, there's a lot I could do better. You know, there is so much I could do better. And I need to actually do those things, not just recognize them, but actually do them. I think on just that same notion, like, obviously you guys have a different experience because you're, you're married. Dylan's been dating a while. And like, even I have this, a little funny antidote. Uh, even yesterday, because I sometimes my mind, I'm still like mentally in work mode. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, no, no, no. What I say goes. It's my program. <laughs> I, I roll. <laughs> you know, But because that's how it is with work. But also at the same time, too, I'll say stuff and I'll just be joking around. And I know we could all experience this, but I'll be joking around. And I'll say something to, to Jess. And she'll be like, oh, I don't really like that. Like last night, she <laughs> said something. We were watching TikToks. She said something and I was like, she was like flipping through or she re- reacted in a way that I didn't really get, but it was silly to me. It wasn't like a bad thing. It was silly. So I was like, why do you get so emotional about that? And everybody's like, Oh my gosh, don't say that. But it was a joke. It was a joking manner. And she was kind of like, 
I don't really like it. You said that. And in my up. mind, I was like, <laughs> she got real serious. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. I just want to be like, bro, chill out. It's not that big of a deal. But I kind of sat back. I was like, you know what? I'm a mature adult now. It's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm a mature adult watching TikToks. <laughs> yeah. But the way I react is better because in my mind, I just want to be like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, relax. But I didn't say that. I said, you know what? I'm sorry what I said hurt your feelings. Are we good? Yeah. Hug, kiss, back to Dude, TikToks. How much easier is that? It's so much, <laughs> it's easier. So much easier. But my yeah. pride as a man want to be like, hey, calm down there, all right, buddy? Like, we're good. I'm good. You just need to chill out. Uh, that doesn't But work. I didn't. <laughs> but I did the right thing and it worked. So uh-huh. it's all good. Well, and that's a huge part, I think, of any relationship is is eating a slice of that humble pie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even when you don't necessarily want to. And I think that's such a big reason why we have we end up in so much heartbreak especially when i think back to previous relationships and my current relationship with jeremy is like one of the biggest things that has led to heartbreak is like miscommunication and really just putting yourself in front of that other person and be like no my needs Mm -hmm. in this moment are way more important than the other person's like i care more about how i feel and my pride or Mm -hmm. um, me being right in this situation than i care about maybe the other person's feelings or how they're perceiving the situation and it's like, <laughs> it's crazy because in marriage, it's, you know, there's, there's no out necessarily. It's like, okay, if I'm going <laughs> to, if I'm going to put my foot down on this and be right, then this could potentially like, you Prepare have to like, for the wrath and for like, for a lot, like, it's like, oh man, we have the rest of our lives. <laughs> it's like, and so putting it into that perspective is like, does this really matter in the grand scheme of things? absolutely not and more often than not like those little things they just so do not and (laughs) and it's but it's so freeing you know to to just to view to go into situations with that mindset of you know what like i love you and we're sticking it out like we made vows to stick it out Mm -hmm. until the very end (laughs) and so does me being right in the situation really matter does my pride in the situation really matter no at the end of the day the relationship and especially the marital aspect is like, I'm here to serve you and Mm -hmm. to, you know, and I think it should be like that in every relationship. Like Mm -hmm. we should always be putting other people before ourselves. True. No, I agree a hundred percent. That's the, Oh, that's the great scheme of Satan. (laughs) Like straight up is to just um, like take it on your own, do what you want. Like you don't need anybody. You don't need God. You don't need anybody to back you. Just you, what you say goes. But isn't that interesting that when he does that, it's it it's so isolating. Yeah. Like you just become the center of your own world, and you're just pushing everyone else yeah. back. And that's when I feel like you're the weakest, and he can affect you the most. Mm-hmm. Is in that isolated period. I'm like, oh no, you're right. You don't need anybody else's opinion, or you don't need anybody else, mm-hmm. or you're the one who's right. Like. Uh-huh you that isolation i think is the scariest because it's when you're the weakest or the most vulnerable vulnerable to temptations Mm -hmm. i think um we all have either been that person maybe still are that person or know that person who it's like everything is just has to be their way or your way whatever and it's just it really is it's exhausting and 
you're just like, whoop, I got to walk on eggshells for the next two hours or however long I'm with him or just completely avoid them. So you're a hundred percent correct that, that, that selfishness, selfishness really just leads to isolation. You know what I mean? Some people, um, there's different versions in my opinion of self. We're not going to get into that, but when you're just overtly selfish and just can't stop focusing on numero uno, it's like, dude, get away, please. Like, uh, there's no compromise. There's no anything. I don't. I don't even want to be around you. Yeah, and I think it's sad because when, when it comes down to the end of the day, I know there's multiple types of like the selfishness, but like, like what I could think of is, like I think in my life I have been selfish many times, and it's because I think that the only person that's going to look out for me, take care of me, is me. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, some of that selfishness stems from being feeling of loneliness because it's mm-hmm. like well, I have to take care of me. Like he's not going to be able to. And it's it's sad. You think you're not going to be able to rely on other people. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of feeds in that selfishness. Again, that's like one type. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, just listen to that. I'm like, dang, I remember being like that. And it felt really sad. Mm-hmm. It's like I can only, I'm the only one here that's going to take care of me. But it's mm-hmm. also a lie, a lie from Satan. Yeah, that's a lie of the, of the devil as well. Because like Jesus cares so much, like knows our, every hair on our head. He, he cares like, it's mm-hmm. just crazy. It's just like an abundant amount that you couldn't even imagine or put into words that he created us in the beginning to like rule with him. Mm-hmm. And that is crazy. That's how much he cared for us. And that, that lie that gets lost. And that's where it all comes from that, like fear, or like nobody cares about you mm-hmm. or anxiety, the stress, the depression, all those things comes from like that fear of the enemy. And I think when you walk in that, that's what kind of makes you selfish too. Is like, it has to be this way because I can't give up control or I'm afraid or uh, I don't know what to do if it's not this way. And God has something so much bigger for us mm-hmm. and everything. And um, and getting back to what Kaylee's was saying too, in communication, God, that does not work. <laughs> <laughs> like being selfish, it, it does not work at all. And it's probably one of the worst things Um I know that when I'm like that, it just makes everything a terror in my relationship with destiny. It's like, we're obviously butting heads Mm -hmm. and I could keep holding on to this or I could just let it go and move on with life. Just kind of how you're talking about Jerry in that instance. But it's just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's hard because in, in that, in those moments of communication and, and when we're hurting and in pain, it's, I feel like, a lot of times the first reaction is defensiveness, but then like, you know, the words you can say or the things you can say to oh, hurt people or yeah. the, to push their buttons and it, how like in past relationships, I, you know, it's, it's for me, it's like, it's so easy and quick to go to those go-to things mm-hmm. that, you know, are going to like affect someone. Mm-hmm. But I think a sign of maturity and growth at least is, you know, those things to say, but just holding your tongue, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and, and, not saying things that you know will intentionally hurt other people or not or holding back the things that could be said um i mean easier said than done of course because in those moments of emotion all we want to do is just get that quick jab out uh, that we have the nuclear codes in our (laughs) relationship yeah i could bring up all the tea bro if you want to go there let me know (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that's a very dangerous uh, thing to have (laughs) in your arsenal that's so bad yeah sometimes the best thing to say is nothing (laughs) seriously but it's like i think you know how crazy is it that or not crazy i mean it's 
I think there's just so much weight to our words and we just don't think about it mm-hmm. a lot of times, how much the things we say can really affect people and can really cause pain to people. And, you know, in our heads, we're, we're just spewing things, but really it's, it's affecting other people. And I think, yeah, we don't think about the weight of our words as often as we should. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to like that again, it's like that emotional reaction where yeah. it's like, I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly why I'm upset. I just know that I'm upset right now, and I want to so like you know. And you kind of boil it down. And you're like, oh well, I'm upset because I actually felt insecure about this today, and then you happen to bring it up today, and really it was me that was insecure about this, and you just said it. Like that has been my like past week or so with Reina, where it's been like there's things I've been thinking about, and I know that I need to be better at it. And then it gets brought up and then I'm like, why did you even say that? Like, I, I know, but you know, I haven't been talking about it. Uh, but so that I'm like upset, but it's like, really, I'm just upset with me, you know, mm-hmm. and yes. you just happen to be here right now. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. the unfortunate byproduct yep. in my, you have to walk the line of fire. It's exactly. like, oh, yeah. I, I could be, I feel like you could relate to this, Jerry, where, uh, you're just in your own world sometimes like your your own thoughts and emotions specifically just in those ups and downs and so sometimes i'll wake up and be like i'm emo today like i'm <laughs> sad today i'm gonna be sad bust out oh, the black hoodie yeah <laughs> only Ooh, my only sad songs hoodie. yeah my chemical romance gets thrown on i'm gonna read some dreary poems today maybe you know what i'm gonna post like a an ominous like dark kind of story to instagram oh, and, and see what happens you Mine know used it's to like, be like the song lyrics yeah <laughs> oh, i'll find dude. some song lyrics that talk about like sadness or something but you don't say anything with it really and it's like i'm gonna do that today you know hey something wrong no yeah it's like okay it's like, what are you talking about i'm fine oh i saw your story no 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 i just i just really like that i really thought it was cool it's like dude it's so, it's yeah like, and so i could be like that and in what jake was talking about I have this whole like process going on and yeah, people just get caught in the wake of that. And as a human being who's in a relationship, who is a part of a community, right? A church, it's like, that doesn't work, bro. Like being like that all the time, you're right to process the emotions and do those things. But that like switch, because I know for myself, I think I've told you guys this, it's almost like I feel comfortable being in that state of sadness. I enjoy it almost and I and it's just me who's just being a baby who's insecure you know and that's where it kind of comes out and I don't want to let people get caught in that wake anymore do you think it's because like you might get more attention from it probably yeah Yeah, I'm an attention uh I'm an attention uh, whore to say the least yeah I am (laughs) and that's something that I have to like be careful Mm -hmm. of and like step back on a lot a lot i think it's weird especially people who have more of a a melancholy nature or maybe it's just me i don't know i could be um but like when i think of like being sad or something bad happens and it's like that feeling of sadness i'm like oh yeah like i remember that it <laughs> felt home. good mm-hmm. yeah like is it like at least for me like i got to that point where in my life where i went through like a season of you know depression i say that lightly because i wasn't diagnosed with anything but um i was just really down and i was got a lot going on and it was very comfortable. It was very comfortable. And it was at the point where I just wanted to be there. Like, that's where I want to be emotionally. I didn't want to kind of get better. I didn't want to grow and everything like that because it wasn't comfortable. It was a lot more comfortable to kind of be sad, be in my feelings all the time, 
And if something were to happen, I'm just like, no, no, no. I go crawl back in my cocoon of sadness, <laughs> put on my hoodie, and you know, listen to Blink 182 for the millionth time that day. And <laughs> it just felt good. But yeah, it's a it's a dangerous place to be because I I see that where I was then, and then also where I see it now. If something if something is is going on, I'll be like, okay, well, let's figure this out. And it's every minor inconvenience is not the end of the world. Now it's kind of like whatever but, like but I'll, I'll i'll deal with it when i can it's not that big of a deal it's mm-hmm. important to also recognize that that's like humanity in general mm-hmm. right we see that the most obvious story would be the israelites leaving uh egypt where it's like they're on their way to something great and good and like just a couple little hiccups and like oh take us back take us back to slavery and it's like be- just because it's familiar but what i think it's important like you're saying it's to not become too acquainted with those things, with those emotions, like especially in grief, where it's like, don't become too acquainted with that. Recognize them, process them. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And it's okay to feel that for a bit and then, you know, move on. But and to stay there, that's, it gets dangerous, man. And it's so great. We do the silliest things. Like, again, I don't know why I would just happen to bring up my mind, but I was talking to Jess about this and I, it was when I was still in college. And I was just getting ready. I woke up early to drive to the train station and I was already tired. I was in a bad mood. I had school all day and I knew how to do a lot of things. So I was putting my stuff in the trunk of my car and I had a cup of coffee in my hand. Hot coffee and like a regular kind of cup. Went to do that and through some way I put stuff down. I was moving things around. I spilt all my coffee. And, and you know when you like spill your coffee and you're tired? You're like mm-hmm. – and you're really tired. Like just woke <laughs> up tired. It was the most dramatic thing. I remember <laughs> spilt over. I picked it up, and I've never done this before in my life. I picked it up. I threw the cup in the front yard when I was living with my mom and dad. I threw it. I was like, ooh, I threw it, and I just hopped my car and drove off. And like a week later, my mom and dad were like, we found a cup in the front yard. Like, wh- what happened? Were you like drinking and it spilled? And I told them I was pissed off, and I threw it. And they just started laughing at me. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It was silly, but I was mad. And I'm not one of those people when I get upset that I like – throw things or act like that it was uh-huh. just like the funniest thing because i was tired and upset and i just decided to lash out on a innocent coffee cup <laughs> it's the same thing with people in your life you'll yeah. lash out on people oh, in your yeah. life the same way you're gonna throw coffee be throwing coffee cups at jess or at us <laughs> or something eventually uh, i'm gonna throw a coffee cup at you guys <laughs> verbally maybe <laughs> the verbal coffee cup. but yeah. that kind of like uh leads into a topic that i put on the notes and in those moments where you're just ready to rip somebody's head off, I guess what's some practical ways where, okay, I need to divert from where these emotions are taking me or or anything like that, or this disagreement or this fight. I need to divert away from this. And instead of running to those emotions of anger and you want to just be right, what I guess are some practical ways? Because it's like, sure, we say, oh, yeah, we just need to choose to forgive or choose to like let it go. What does that even like really mean like what does that look like dude (laughs) (laughs) the only way that's like if this is something i will say this i a hundred thousand percent am not perfect at this but i think i've been doing a much better job of stepping back from situations and doing what you were saying is like okay is this worth like there's a million battles we're gonna have to fight every day which ones are worth fighting right but I think for a time it was good and I used to journal a lot and I would I would say like I don't want you know Reyna is actually like she's more of like the I don't want to talk right now let me calm down and then we'll talk 
I'm the weak one that's usually like, no, let's just get it done right now. Be done with it. I'm not going to spend two hours. <laughs> yeah. No, we are the same. I am Raina and then you are Tarina. Yeah, because in my same. mind, yeah. I'm like, no, let's just get it done. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And her it's mind is like, I will rip your head off right now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I've had to do what I was saying earlier is like figure out, okay, well, why am I actually upset? What mm-hmm. is it? Am I actually upset at you or am I upset at something else, right? Mm-hmm. But um, th- sorry, back to the question. My point is to not react. It's not to be quick reactions. It's reactions that usually end up getting, uh, I'll say myself, myself in trouble. It's not the initial whatever. It's like my reaction to you being upset at me about something. <laughs> I don't like that you're upset about this. I don't like the way you brought it up. Uh-huh. It's like, that's not even the point, you know? Uh-huh. But uh, to really watch the reactions to uh-huh. things, that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think a part of that and something that I've had to learn, and it's and it's so interesting because obviously our relationships with people are so different. Like the way I may act in certain situations with friends or family is, is very different than with Jeremy just because they're different people. Mm-hmm. And so... And it's funny, like Mm -hmm. I said, we have that same exact kind of thing where it's like, I'm the one who's like, I need to process and like not say anything for a while. And um, like in the beginning of our relationship and marriage, that was hard because it was something to where it was like, I wasn't saying anything because in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm holding my tongue. I'm not going to speak because I'm going to say something I regret or say something mean Mm -hmm. and i don't want to do that but he took that as why aren't you talking right now like i want to solve this situation he's like why aren't you i feel like you don't care about the situation because we're not talking about it Mm -hmm. whereas in my mind i thought i was doing the situation a favor and so (laughs) that ended up being like a miscommunication we kind of had to work through where it's like okay what he needs from me if we're going to have disagreements or if something comes up is he needs me to to verbalize more and what I need from him is more patience in the way that I verbalize things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in, in figuring out those needs and, and how people perceive um, conversations, I guess, or, or what people need in a conversation, if that makes sense. No, yeah, um, absolutely. But that takes time. I mean, that takes time and a lot of, you know, it takes trial and error of mm-hmm. like, okay, going back to situation. Okay. Why were you upset with me when we talked about this? Okay. And then learning, trying to learn from that. Mm. Um, But I think a big part of it too is just tone of voice and just like keeping a level headed, (laughs) like a level, not Mm. raising your voice and Mm. just trying to, again, easier said than done, but just trying to keep it like, because then it just turns into a screaming match and (laughs) no one. Have you guys guys ever had like that argument where you guys are like, you guys are having the conversation. I'll say it called a conversation. (laughs) You're having the conversation and it finally gets like, settled and it's, then it's like well, why'd you say it like that <laughs> oh and, now, now, and then you start talking about the way that the conversation like, yeah, but you were but yeah but you were really dismissive the way you said that <laughs> it's oh. like a whole new one <laughs> I, look, hey, I low-key do that <laughs> i oh think God. what you guys are <laughs> kind of uh especially you kaylee like alluding to as well as this idea that i learned in counseling i think all of us know it for the most part but um seeing that the issues that are in front of you are like the issues that you need to both go through together. And it's not Mm -hmm. this like you versus me thing Mm -hmm. and, and being it. And that honestly, it it doesn't even work if um, only one person sees it that way. You know, both people have to see and start putting this, even if it's just like a brain or in your mind concept seeing and like, okay, let's identify this issue of exactly why we're mad 
and figure out how we can go against it together rather than there's an issue between me and you. Now it's an issue that's standing in front of me and destiny or you and Jeremy. And how do we walk through this together? And then also, I know you want to say something, but let me say this. That's a good point. Oh my God. But let me say this. That's why I think non-committal, non-committed relationships are stupid. They're like the (laughs) dumbest things in the entire world. And people think, Oh yeah, I'm just going to be here and there, like do this with this person or or we're kind of dating. I don't know. It's like, dude, you're already creating grounds for like insecurity grounds for, um, not even knowing what a relationship really looks like. And, um, in those relationships, it's always us versus them, Mm -hmm. like you versus me when you're in a non-committed relationship, like, yeah, sure. I'll drop you at the drop of a dime because why because it's you versus me it's mm-hmm. not like this committed relationship that's both of us combined together yeah. you know i was just gonna do that was my rant so i was just gonna say a quick story that paints that picture because i experienced that exact thing uh when beckham was first born reina would tell me to do things like okay go do this and have this done. and i'd be like dude i can do this like, i don't need you to tell me how to do this uh-huh. right like i can and she'd be like yeah but you need to do this this and this and this and like I can do it. Like, I don't need you to tell me how to do this. And what I didn't realize and what her and I had to come to, uh, a re- we both had to come to the realization is like, she's saying this because we're both on the same team raising the baby, right? We're both on the same team and we both want each other to have the best possible setup, right? We want it to be easy as possible for each other. I was taking it as you think I can't do it. <laughs> and she was meaning it as like, no, this would be, trust me, it'll be easier. It'll be helpful. Just do these things this way and it will be way easier for you mm-hmm. and for me. Mm-hmm. And I was just more like, you don't think I'm good enough. <laughs> but it, that's such a, a great picture. And I feel that so hard to what you were saying is that it's like trying to realize like the intentions behind why people yeah. are doing things. Cause I think it's so easy to perceive what someone else is doing or saying <laughs> i like i had to learn this definitely with jeremy too because i love him to death but sometimes he'll do <laughs> or say things and i take it as like as it's he's like um like he's trying to tell me like what to do or how to do things oh he would like <laughs> there were certain situations of he would um be trying to like help me do something and, and would trying to like tell me how to do things i'm like i can do it myself like, i know how to do it but in his mind it was like it, it was a way of being helpful and loving mm-hmm. he's like no i want to to help you do this or or make it the, help you do it the simpler thank you uh-huh. yeah like the easier way possible but in my head i'm like i know mm-hmm. how to do it like you don't have to tell <laughs> See, me that's an example of us being upset at ourselves exactly but because you're the one that happened to bring it up uh-huh. you're 100%. gonna get it 100 <laughs> percent. and then it took a while to realize like okay no this is like he's just trying to be helpful yeah. and everything and the intention behind it is good i'm just the one who's perceiving it in my insecurities and my own pride mm-hmm. as being a negative when mm-hmm. instead he was trying it was a positive yeah you know? i think no i think a lot of pain and a lot of um frustration in our life would be saved if we realize it's like the idea of when somebody cuts you off on the freeway and like the road rage comes in or whatever when that happens it's because in that moment we think that person set their alarm at 10 p.m. the night or 10 p.m. yeah the night before for 8 a.m. the next morning so they could get up and they got up with the intention like man I'm gonna cut this dude off today I'm gonna cut Dylan off that's my sole reason for waking up today (laughs) after that I'm just gonna go drive straight home and so we get on the freeway and he's following me around, right? And then so finally he, he gets to me and he cuts me off and he's saying, I got him finally, that's why I woke up. 
And we think that. I, I think when we get cut off on the freeway, we have this overwhelming emotion of like this person or this chick or this, like mm -hmm. they so did it to me. <laughs> they woke up with the sole intention of cutting me off on the freeway. And it's the same thing that you're talking about in a relationship. It's two people trying to join into one and you have different thoughts, different emotions, different interests, different dislikes, mm -hmm. all of those things. So different um, upbringings. You grew up in a way where it's like, oh, maybe it's more where you don't really get a lot of help or something. I'm just using your example. Maybe Jeremy grew up more in a way where it's like everybody's helping each other all the time or something. And so it's normal. And so you're trying to blend these things together. And so, yeah, you take it as you're attacking me when really it's just like, well, this is what I've always known. Like, this mm -hmm. is kind of just who I am. And I do the same thing with destiny. I'm like, oh, here, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Because I know for me, it comes from like, oh, I wish I had more help type of thing in certain things. So it's like, I want to be over helpful, over helpful, yeah. over helpful, over helpful. <laughs> and she sometimes just like, dude, get away. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. stop. I, I'm not dumb. And, and I'm not yeah. even thinking in my head like, oh, she's dumb. So I need to help her. Right. It's just all I've known. And so the perception, like you said, is very important. And I think we'd save a lot of frustration and a lot of pain, and a lot of hurt if we try to understand people's perceptions rather than, like Jake said, putting our brain onto them. And this is why they did this. And this is why they think this way, because they're trying to they're out to get me. And mm -hmm. so now you're just mad in this weird, mad circle <laughs> that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And it's only affecting you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like only you are thinking that. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring up this and it's so true this idea of upbringings really shaping you know who we are and why we do things that we do <laughs> and it made me think this is this is just a funny anecdote of that <laughs> but um last week so i was at my parents house um last week and i was just like at the we were at the kitchen table and we were doing something and um i had my a drink cup in front of me and then my mom had just like she took my cup and like had just taken a sip of it and everything and i like didn't think like she had done that didn't think twice of it and then um like my sister had a cup and then my dad had like taken a drink out of hers or whatever and it, all the, it just hit me all of a sudden i'm like this is something that my family does that no one else <laughs> does is like we share our each other's drinks like uh -huh. just with an ellie like i'll go up to my <laughs> siblings and i'll just like if they have a drink i'll just like drink out of their cup uh -huh. or like <laughs> it's so weird but it's like don't touch my drinks <laughs> and no and that's what i'm thinking right now I'm like oh my god i know it is and that's what's so funny is like it's so second nature to like in my family it's just like i guess we just grew up doing that it was no big deal but when I thought about it and I called Jeremy on my way home afterwards and told him, he's like, yes, you, because I drink out of his water bottle and he hates it. And I never understood why. He's like, yes, you do it. And it's so weird. And I don't understand why. And I just started laughing and I was thinking about it. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. When we're at his family's house, everyone has a cup that's labeled. Yeah. Like, and own. they write like their name on yes. or something. Yeah. It's like, and like, you don't touch other people's stuff. And oh obviously I wouldn't like, drink out of your guys's it's like a family thing you could I, if you needed to they, i appreciate Don't that touch my cup. right <laughs> or like my i never did that in college to my roommates like i never uh -huh. just touch their things but it was one of those things where it translated to my relationship with jeremy because i do drink out of his cups because he's my husband she and i'm like takes, take your toothbrush <laughs> we just use a toothbrush. isn't that but it's just one of those funny things where it's like oh yeah my family did this it's totally normal for us i'm like wow no one else does this i'm the weirdo uh -huh. that's funny <laughs>
it's such a weird thing to even think about now that like you're thinking <laughs> bringing up all these kind of things is even kind of the the notion of like helping like jess is a helper she always like everything she'll she'll come in to my apartment and just start cleaning things and start helping mm. me with things because that's kind of her upbringing like her mom is definitely a helper super good at that super duper sweet and that's funny because when people ask me for help i almost i don't get mad but i almost kind of like <laughs> i almost kind of get like why don't you know how to do things on your own <laughs> Because that's me. I like doing things on my own, and I don't like asking for help. So I'm like, I got it. I got it. So it's just it's just kind of funny to think about because if she'll ask me for help, it's different. She She's my girlfriend, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got you. But like when other people are like, oh, can you do this for me? Or can you, can you do this? I get annoyed. And I'm like, learn how to do things on your own. Be an adult. <laughs> and I get upset with people. Like I don't like being asked yeah. for help, and it's just kind of – Gary's a, quite the servant, isn't he? Yeah, Jerry I just hates think people, people need to learn how to be functioning adults. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. But I think that's... Were you going to say something, Jake? Are you good? No, I was just... No, I'm good. Dude, that mentality is not good, though. <laughs> it's good and bad in some ways. Yes. I, I think there are ways where it, it is appropriate. In other ways, it's not. Like I, sh I think when it comes to, like especially with church, I think I definitely want to help out. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be involved at all if I didn't think that people... Uh, should be served and stuff like that because obviously Jesus came to serve but the small things yeah I think there are certain things that I don't like yeah no, I, it's I, I think it's important for people to be self-sufficient no it's good because like the church is only here too you know so it's like it's only as long as you're helping people like within this room you're fine I think you're not <laughs> I'm just I just have to give you a hard time I haven't you seen you in a long do. time I do I get what you you're saying back off <laughs> I do I do get what you're saying but no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And yeah, overall, I think like, eh, you know what? I should be doing the right thing. <laughs> it's just funny. But I'm still not going to do it. Because you said when somebody asks me for help, I get mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad, but. <laughs> it, it is a, it is annoying though, because sometimes I think, like I said, I'm very much so, I'm going to do it on my own. I don't, if I, if I have something that I want to do, I'll go make sure and I'll kind of do it on my own. And I'll figure it out. But when other people are like, I, I translate it to almost being needy. Like, oh, can you help me? It. Can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Uh, I get well, it. I think, yeah. Time and place. Time and place. Yeah. Definitely, it's like if somebody's just like using you for, oh, can you tie my shoe? Oh, exactly. Can you do like someone's just being lazy. <laughs> yeah, somebody's just being lazy or not willing to do whatever it is. It's like, okay, bro, come on. Yeah. But uh, I think that's also my upbringing too. Like my dad's like, you got to figure out you need to learn how to do things on your own you can't rely like solely on other people like that's why like dude if when if i have the opportunity i'll do my own work in my car i do everything because like i could take care of it and i think that's important life skills however it's give and take there are definitely things where you need to be asking people for help mm. like if i'm gonna build something i'm not gonna probably do it on my own i'm gonna ask somebody who knows how to build things because <laughs> <laughs> i suck and i'm probably gonna pay them <laughs> well uh one thing that we um, haven't hit on, and we could kind of uh, make this be the last thing, because I think we kind of went through this whole thing, just some kind of casual conversation. But how do we make sure? Because one of the things that we talked about, especially in relationships, is identifying the issue and understanding that it's like you and the person you're in a relationship with versus that issue. But I think the, the major key of all of this is being on the same page with what Christ would have you do. And... Because I, I think all of us, too, believe it's like if your foundation isn't there, then who's 
who's to say who's right, wrong, what's right, what's wrong. And, um, who's to say, yeah, I should be more loving in this way because if it's just you doing it on your own with no foundation, it could kind of be a free for all, you know? So how do we assure that within our relationship, especially because I think people have a hard time with this one too. When we think, Oh, a Christ centered relationship. It means that we're reading for two hours a day together (laughs) and, uh, praying for an hour a day together. And it doesn't necessarily, I don't think look like that. And if you're doing that, that's not wrong either though, but I don't think it really looks like that. So what does it really mean and look like? And it could be multiple different things, but to have, to be on the same page with Christ, you know, in a relationship, friendship, romantic relationship, spouse, boyfriend, Mm -hmm. girlfriend, whatever it may be. What does that look like? Hmm. Lay it on us, Jake, go ahead. Well, I don't know, man, call me a traditionalist, but, uh, I think I will always put more responsibility on the man to act like a man of God. Um, I put more responsibility on the man to, and then not to, uh, I'm not neglecting the, the, the women, but I do put more responsibility on the man to step up and to be a leader and not to make, I think I've seen a lot of relationships since happen in my own too, where it's like, it's Raina saying, Hey, are we going to like read or have we read anything? Like, are, have you been reading the Bible? And if we don't talk about it, there's nothing. And I think there should be a, a different side of that. I think it should be the man to be leading because clearly the Bible says men are to lead. That's just, it is what it is, but men need to be worth following, you know? And mm-hmm. that's, the big part that I think most men, myself included, probably aren't. And uh, so I, again, I, and I say this because when I went to counseling, this was some years ago, but I think before I was married, I was still dating Rain at the time. There were some issues I was bringing up and he said, uh, the counselor said, well, yeah, that's your fault. That's your fault. You need to do this. You need to do this. Where again, I was trying to cast blame elsewhere. Um, And he said, yeah, I put more responsibility on the man to be a man. And so I say in that scenario, I, I think that's true. Um, and then there's also like the the aspect where the woman needs to also be willing to follow. You know, obviously in marriage is a collaboration. There's a it's hugely a collaboration. Um, but there are times where it's like, yeah, you know, men, you need to step up and be a man. Act like a man. Don't be lazy. Don't be. Uh, you know, all those things. I think those things are really underrated and we don't like to talk about them because I don't know if it's controversial at some point now, but those are very underrated things that, you know, I think we need to get kind of go back to. What, in what way, what's underrated? Um, dare I say roles? Uh, maybe, maybe that might be the word, but to put more emphasis on a man leading his family, you know? I feel like we don't talk about that because there's not everybody, but there's a lot of pushback on, well, women can just do it too. Yeah, I guess they could, but at the same time, that's not the biblical design of a marriage or of a family. So if you want to get back to a Christ-centered biblical marriage or family, that's what it looks like. You know, it looks like a man leading. Yeah, I think something, because I completely agree with you, and I think before going into marriage I think I had this warped perception of that and was really um not keen to the idea because it was always portrayed at least in the the churches that I went to it was always portrayed as this um man being above 
women type of mm. situation when it that's not the case at all like there's so it's like leadership in and following and submission is not the same as i'm gonna tell you what to do all the time it's not the same as being lesser than um yeah. and i think people get that mixed up a lot and i think that's why there's a lot of pushback is because you see those words lead and submit mm-hmm. and you automatically assume that means okay so like someone in the relationship's not gonna have an equal say mm-hmm. and i don't think that's the case at all um and i think something that i have learned and i it like will continue to learn is that there there's a reason why in those like christ-centered relationships and marriages like that the man does have this role and a woman does have this role doesn't mean they're not equal it just means that like you said there's different um aspects to it there's there's different traits that come into play and there's definitely situations where you know it's like okay I'm going to trust that, you know, that God has put you in this position mm-hmm. and that I'm going to support you and follow your choices and trust that God is providing you the wisdom in these situations. Yeah, I think let me clarify a little bit, because I think what this could look like is maybe you guys, there's a, a debacle, you're having, you're having an argument or something. What it, that leadership looks like is me as the man saying, like we talked about earlier, saying, Okay, you know what? I need to go ask for forgiveness. I was wrong. I but I need to be the one to go do that. You know, I don't want to wait. I'm not going to sit here and, and wait for Raina to come to me and say, "You were so right," or and I was so, no, because that's odds are that's probably not the case in my relation. Usually, I'm the one that's like, "Yeah, I should probably," but it's being the first person to say, "You know what? I'm sorry. Can you forgive me?" And it's the first person to offer forgiveness, and it's the first person, right? It's that type of thing where I think we don't men have a pride about them that they don't we don't like to do that. Um, but it's just not a quality leadership. You think of leadership in any aspect. I mean, think of it in your workplace or whatever. Like for me, in my workplace, um, leadership looks like, uh, you know, it looks like a collaboration. And my bo- no, there's no offices. We're all in the same room and we're all together and we're working together and we're giving jobs to people who are good at what at that specific thing. And it works much, much better that way. Well, it's this idea of leading by example, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's how we're supposed to, I think, model, going back to your initial question, like model our relationships is this idea of um, being the first people to ask for forgiveness in a situation or being the person to admit to a wrong or or being the first to try and correct something. And um, like I said, putting others first, like always Mm. put, always taking it back to i'm going to serve you and put your you before me because i think that's what jesus did with all of his followers and everyone he interacted with he always put that person in front of himself mm-hmm. and i think that's um what you said is kind of what um ephesians is talks about in there when it says wives submit to your husbands and it's well if you really read all of the scriptures right there it's a pretty big tasks to take on for both the wife and the husband and it's a very both of them are very like humbling and very lower yourself yes both Mm -hmm. of them are very exactly Mm because it says that but it says uh in the way that christ loves the church that's the way you're supposed to love your wife Mm -hmm. and so in that uh christ loved the church enough to sacrifice everything Mm -hmm. and that's an extremely 
humbling place to be because Christ was God. He decided to one humble himself to come here. Why would why would any God right mm-hmm. ever want to do that? Second, he gave his life. Mm-hmm. And third, he rose from the grave to do this for each and every one of us. So it's when it says Christ loved the church or love your wife as Christ loved the church. And I'm talking more to the point of like that idea of like submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives. It's not a weird thing. It's just, it's a pretty hu- uh, humbling task for both, and I think, so to speak. Yeah, because it's, to me, when I see, especially now that I have a child too, where it's like, for me, what I leading looks like is me receiving less and needing less so they can mm. have more you know mm. and that's that's part of it too where it's like there's times where it's like i want to golf or i want to do whatever i want and it's like no can't do it anymore because mm. i want them to be able to have their things and we can't spend money here and i'll be okay without these things you know what i mean yeah so it's just like it's a that was a very uh surfaced example but yeah it's a it's a task mm-hmm. it's definitely a task no, yeah, absolutely. And so I think even just cl- wrapping it up is always maintaining and being people who read the scriptures, I think is the most important thing that you can do in a relationship because when the foundation is getting rocked, it's like the foundation is always there though. It's it's never going to be broken or tattered or torn apart like your relationship because if you start it with how um, God has instilled it in the scriptures. I don't think you can go wrong from there, if that makes sense, especially in, when you're arguing or you're disagreeing about something in a committed relationship. In a non-committed relationship, it's no holds bar. You do whatever you want, honestly. Mm-hmm. But in a committed relationship, it's like, hey, we need to have a foundation of this. We need to have a foundation of the Bible because if mm-hmm. we start wandering away, it's we don't point at the person like, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, this the Bible says this, Mm -hmm. this foundation says this, and we're kind of straying away from there. So let's get back to it. And so what it really does is it takes the blame away from everybody. And the Bible says that we're all wicked anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) but it takes the blame from you versus me to, whoa, we're getting away from what the Bible says. We are getting away. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's, that's just the biggest thing that I know I've learned in relationships is if you want it to be healthy, and this is for friendships, for romantic, for everything is, you're in it together. It's not yeah. you versus me. You can't think that way anymore. Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty rocky mm. road for y'all, you know? And not the ice cream. <laughs> you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the two things that I kind of came up to my mind when we brought this up was um, ownership and communication. Mm. Um, communicating, I think, is like the biggest thing. So one... Um, straying away from God, we should be in constant communication with God. I know that when I'm struggling is when I'm not talking to God. And I used to be in a really, really good um, habit of just driving. And when I'm driving, I'll be like, hey, God, I just want to talk to you. And it's kind of like praying and talking to God about my day or whatever else is going on with uh, with life, but just praying. Um, but I also think communication between you and your significant other, meaning, um, you know, you guys are one talking about God bringing up God in the relationship, but also just like talking, like Jake said with uh, Reina, like, hey, I um, just want to know, like, how, what have you been reading? How's your reading? Or even um, Jess is super good about this. She's always like, well, how's your heart doing? Is there, have you been praying? What, you know, what's going on with your relationship with God? She'll like, she'll ask about that. And then sometimes I'm like, I haven't read my Bible in about two weeks. Dude. I don't know. <laughs> how's yours doing? Um, but communicating with that, because I think, you know, holding each other accountable is great. Like if I'm reading my Bible and I'm doing awesome and she's not, and I'm not even asking about it, 
I'm not doing a really good job of, uh, of leading um, in that respect. But then also ownership. If you know that you're not doing well, you need to be able to own that. If you are not able, if you are messing up and you're doing something, you got to be able to own it. And I think how we were saying a big part of like a lot of issues with relationships is blame. I think the number one thing that when it comes to that, and not only your relationship with others, but with God and your significant other, you got to own it. Mm-hmm. You got to own it. If you're trying to cast blame on, you know, your lady and everyone else in the world, things are just going to suck. If you're blaming, placing the blame on God, you're really not doing the right thing. <laughs> but it's owning that. And then I think like what it looks like practically in my life is, especially when it comes to reading is, Jess will ask, like, oh, are you reading? And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not reading. And I could either go, well, why are you asking me if I'm reading or not? Who, hmm. who cares? Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll, I'll take care of it. But it's like, you know what? No, I haven't been reading. I haven't been praying as much as I, I should have. And it's the same. She should be doing the same with in her life. Like, you know what? I haven't been doing great. So it, it's, and you got to be able to communicate that. If, if I'm not doing great with where my walk is with God, I need to own it and then communicate that with her. And it's, it's vice versa. It's two ways. And I think the more communication you have in a relationship, especially, you know, it's that triangle. It's like you and your significant other, God at the top. You guys are all in that relationship. It's all symbiotic. You all have to be able to do it together. Mm-hmm. So I think if those two things together, usually pretty good. Absolutely. And I think just to, co- does anybody else have anything to say? Add on no. to that? I think Jared just literally summed up no, this yeah, whole conversation great. in those two words so yeah. perfectly of what we've been talking about. The communication ownership, I think yeah. those perfectly sum up everything that we've been saying. So. Mm-hmm. Nice, Jerry. That's what I like. Came with the zinger. Killed it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we could close on that. And I think just a little cherry on top is we need to realize our own issues. Like plain plain and simple. Hmm. It's uh, something we can't run from. And I think in a relationship with God, like you'll never have a just pure, um, clear path relationship with God if you're not honest about yourself and if you try to fake God out, he's not going to be faked out for one, but also you're just going to put a wall up in between you and God, you know? And so I think just in everything in life, you got to be real with yourself. You got to like be honest with yourself and mm-hmm. tell your, and tell people to hold you accountable and tell God like, Hey, this is who I am. I need help. And I think you'll just have a much healthier relationships and a much healthier life in general and everything. Yeah. Uh, if we do that. Don't ever think you're better than you actually are. Yeah, it's crazy. But that has been the Still Loading Podcast. Leave a review, Apple Podcast. Uh, share it with somebody. Smash that like button on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube. Or is it the, is a like button on YouTube? Yeah, so. I, I don't know. It's a subscribe. Up. Subscribe. Yeah, do all those things. But we appreciate you guys. Kaylee, thanks for being here. Always happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, thanks for being yep. here. Jerry, thanks for being here. Good to see you. We love you guys, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>